Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series devoted to interviewing pastors and professors from LFBI and across the Living Faith Fellowship. And every week when we come together, we're hoping that these conversations that we're having with these pastors and professors, that they're encouraging to you, that they're strengthening. We're talking about ministry. We're talking about doctrine. We're talking about missions. And uh, we want for these dialogues that we get to have every single week uh, to build you up. And so if you're enjoying them, if, if they're important to you, we ask that you'd share them, uh, that you would write a review. Uh, but most importantly, we'd ask that you would go to lfbi.org and that you would check out um, what the school has to offer in terms of growth and education. We really do believe that the benefit of the postscript is introducing you to the Bible Institute and, and what God's Word has to offer uh, through its teaching. And so uh, check that out. Uh, this week, we're going to have a very fun uh, conversation about, uh, about the creation of the world and the parallels between each individual creation day and the history of mankind throughout the ages. Uh, and so uh, without giving away too much, um, I'm going to go ahead and introduce Pastor Sam Miles, who is the president of LFBI. He's pastor at Midtown Baptist Temple, but, but for our purposes today, he is the professor of the Genesis class. And so welcome, Sam. Yeah. Thanks for being be here, man. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about Genesis again. And again, this is in anticipation of your fall class uh, that you're going to be teaching, instructing the Genesis course in mm -hmm. LFBI. So it's good to hit some of this stuff and yeah, and pull out some things from Genesis that might interest people, pique their interest in the, in the class. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Let's do it. Is it cool? So, yeah. you know, one of the things that you talk about is this idea of the six days of creation or the seven days involved in the creation story, yeah. um, having a connection or a parallel to the the 7,000 years of human history that we see in scripture. Now, yeah. I, I wanna walk through that in today's episode. I want, I wanna talk about how each of these days correlate okay. at some level, you know, but, uh, but let's start maybe by talking about the concept. I think for some people, Christians, you know, have different views mm -hmm. about the, the, you know, the length of time in which the earth has existed or humanity's existed. And there's these d different arguments. And, yeah. But we have, we, we take a biblical view and we try to be as literal as possible. Can you explain to us this connection between millennia or these days of human history um, and the idea and the concept of days itself? Like yeah. walk, walk us through that a little bit. So, you know, in Genesis 1-1, we just know that's the beginning. I don't know biblically how to put a date on it. Sure. Uh, it just, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Mm -hmm. But from the time that the Bible starts counting time, so the morning, the evening and the morning were the first day, mm -hmm. uh, that was roughly 6,000 years ago as you add up your biblical chronology and your historical chronologies, you find out that day was roughly 6,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and then with the, so, so, so the creation week is, is as much a restoration week as it is anything. Um, this is why Adam is told to be fruitful, multiply and replenish right. the earth. It needs to be plenished again. Right. And so um, there, you know, I don't, I don't know how old the earth is. 
because I can't find that in the Bible. Right. You can see hints in secular history. In terms of the matter itself that yeah. comprises the earth, you, you mean? Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Genesis 1-1. I mm -hmm. don't know. Right. You know, there's they dig clay tablets out of the plain of Shinar that make claims about how old it is. Mm -hmm. um, but that's secular history and it's all based on warped truths. And so, so it doesn't matter. In terms of biblical history, we see 6,000 years of human labor, mm -hmm. 6,000 years of man's works, followed by a day of rest, 7,000 years of human history. And, and your key verse, you've got it in Proverbs or in Psalms, but but it's it's very clear in, in 2 Peter 3. Um, people are scoffing in 2 Peter 3. Everybody's walking after their own lusts. And they're saying in verse 4, where's the promise of his, of Christ's coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Uh, all things continue uh, as they were from the beginning of the creation. And so, again, we're just brought right back to Genesis chapter 1. Mm -hmm. And they're ignorant of the fact, verse 5, that God absolutely will judge creation. He'll judge He'll judge uh, the you know, when the works of his hands fall into rebellion, he's absolutely going to deal with it. And and so 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 again, there's a he, he there's this global flood in in Second Peter chapter three. The world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Okay, but now so we've got a recreation. The heavens and the earth, which are now, there's a judgment coming for them. Verse 7, oh, which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Uh, there's a timing to all of this. And verse 8 tells you, be not ignorant. Mm -hmm. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Uh, judgment is coming. And so... so uh, a, a day is as a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. So if you're going to understand uh, a total, complete cataclysm, the timing of complete cataclysm, you need to understand this millennial day concept. Mm -hmm. And you're you're not to be ignorant of it. Mm -hmm. Well, what you see as you study your Bible is a work week followed by a day of rest. And that's how the Bible actually unfolds. You see six millennia, six days of the Lord <laughs> in terms of human labor, followed by the day of the Lord, which is a day of rest, mm -hmm. a millennial reign of mm -hmm. Christ. Yeah. Uh, so second Peter three, eight, that's your, that's your key verse. So using that as yeah. kind of an, uh, an, a key to unlock the equation. Yeah. Uh, you use that as a springboard to work from a thousand years backwards into Genesis chapter one. And yeah. you discuss how there's there is a correlation or a connection between the time periods, the thousands of years of human history, and uh, what we see pictured yeah. in the creation day by day. There's a there's a there's a a type that takes place, a picture yeah. for us, a shadow of yeah, what it lines up. So, yeah. would you mind like just walking us through each of the creation days and helping us to unlock yeah. those those connections? We can do it. Uh, some of the days are going to be um, loose. More vague. Right? Some are like knock the wind out of you. <laughs> right. But yeah, the 
the creation week itself lines up with the history of humanity over over seven millennia. Mm-hmm. Okay, so day one. Mm-hmm. What do you have in day one? Well, let there be light, and there was light. God divides the light from the darkness, verse 4. He names them uh, in verse 5, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Right. Well, right there at the beginning of the restoration of earth, this what we've seen to date is roughly 6,000 years mm-hmm. of human history. Uh, well, in that first day, it starts with a division between light and dark, and that actually lines up beautifully in terms of the rebellion of Lucifer and and um, the, the 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 breaking into camps mm-hmm. you know it's light versus darkness that's how creation start the, the recreation right. of the restoration starts uh, so that matches with right the first it's almost day. like the highlight yeah. of that of the beginning of that epic, of yeah. That epic yeah. it's pointing to the beginning is yeah. this is this relationship between good and evil God makes the distinction and that's then the we, we even see it yeah you know, played out in the Garden of Eden, yeah. the battle of good yeah. and evil. And with and with Adam's sons, mm-hmm. it's a battle of good versus evil, very simply. In, in terms of that millennial day, um, when Seth is having kids, uh, men begin to call on the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, good's already winning out over evil. Uh, so that's day one. Yeah. Okay, then in day two... Um, let's see, that would be verses 6 through 8, Genesis 1, 6 through 8. You've got a division. Um, there's, a, there's a division of waters. The waters are divided from the waters, and there's a firmament. And, and um, you know, so what you basically see is the creation of the space that's called, that we would call today outer space. Mm-hmm. This millennial day picture is very loose, but it's in the second millennial day that we see Noah mm-hmm. and a cataclysm of water and then a receding of the water, a separation of the waters. And and it's in that second millennial day that you see the nations. Let's go back to the last episode. Yeah. Uh, you, you see a, a, a division or a reorg. Uh, you've got the high ones. On, it's like Deuteronomy thirty-two, eight. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there, there's a celestial order that that's that's put into place, and there's a division between the sons of God and the the, the children of men. Yeah, you know, uh, a, you there, see the dividing of the nations in mm-hmm. Genesis ten. Yeah. So so there's a correlation there. There's, and so yeah. for people who haven't heard that episode, uh, we did an episode recently that addressed this idea of, of, you know, in a moment in our episode, we talked about this idea yeah. of nations with principalities, the division of nations yeah. from, from Deuteronomy 32, yeah. eight, and we kind of broke that down yeah. a little bit, but what you're saying is there is, there are spiritual beings that are principalities yeah. that have some input, some say, some control, some, some authority over how things unfold on earth. Yeah. yeah. And so what we see here in this second day is a relationship between like God making distinctions. He wants to yeah. make distinctions of nations, of people groups. Yeah. Uh, and it's pictured for us. There's a separation of the earthly from the heavenly. Right, the, physically, the, like the geographically. from the terrestrial. terrestrial right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so Noah yeah. kind of is the springboard, the beginning of that within the millennia context. Yeah. And from him yeah. unfolds all of these series of divisions and separations that begin to yeah. take place yeah. as the governments of men yes. take root yeah. throughout the world. Leading up to the culmination of 
God calling out Abraham yeah. and you know having yeah. a chosen and even separate yourselves from the evil nations. Separate yeah. yourself yes. from you know these sons yeah. of God that are trying to to you know propagate with you and, and enter into your midst, like deny yeah. them. And there's yeah. all these forms of separation that take place. We can yeah. see that pictured in, yeah. in Genesis or in, in the second day of creation. Yeah. So then the third day that would start uh, in verse nine. So again, you've got the waters receding, the, the dry land appears, and mm -hmm. then life begins, right? right? The earth brings forth the grass, the herb yielding sea after his kind, the, the, the tree yielding fruit, right. um, the seed is in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And so that's there's an interesting correlation then. You know, if Noah, um, at the end of the second day, millennial day, mm -hmm. you see him toward the end, you see this cataclysm at the toward the end of the second millennial day, uh, it'll line up then with Genesis chapters nine through tw uh, through twelve, mm -hmm. right? So, so what what do you have? You've got Noah being called to be fruitful, to replenish the earth. Um, you know, it was plenished before, but there was a there was a cataclysm, and so now Noah is responsible to see the earth filled with life that is going to give glory to God. Mm -hmm. um, again, man doesn't quit messing with deism the the nations of the world fall into paganism we see that by genesis yeah. chapter there's a lot 11. of bad fruit if we're making a connection yeah there's there. some bad fruit and so what has to happen well the the original prophecy you know when everything went bad the very first prophecy was that the seed of the woman would crush satan's head mm -hmm. um, so what do we see in genesis satan going after the seed Okay, so what happens is a, a corruption again begins to take place in Genesis 11. And so what do you have? God calling out Abraham. And so this would be at the beginning of the third day. The mm -hmm. seed is in itself. Where do we get? We're heading to the, the seed of the woman culminating in the person of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Through the Abraham's it's line. It's, it's through Abraham's line. Yeah, so the fruit's supposed to be good here. The fruit's supposed to be good here, <laughs> yeah. yes. So, so it's good, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's supposed to reproduce after its kind. And so, yeah, even with Abraham, he's to come out from mm -hmm. the heathen nations. Mm -hmm. uh, there's to be a purity in God's chosen people. And so, so day three is the beginning of this life mm -hmm. and its seed is in itself. Okay, so, so we're on day four. Day four is a big one. The fourth millennial day picture is we see the sun is made four days after the restoration begins mm -hmm. or the creation week begins. Right. So, which seems weird because it seems like late in the game. <laughs> Whenever yeah, I think about yeah. it, like you've got plant life first, right? And then so what God's do they need? sustaining plant life. Yeah. Well, they need a they need before photosynthesis, photosynthesis. exists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's light, but now we have. There's gonna there's gonna a be a specific, sustaining force, and so yeah. he puts it in place, and and again it's the it's the fourth day. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so the sun shows up on the fourth day. In terms of a millennial day picture, um, the Lord Himself shows up at the end of the fourth day. Yeah, right. Jesus so Christ, the Son Jesus of God, Christ, the light of the world. He is the light of the world. Uh, Malachi chapter four, one of the names of Jesus is the Son, S, capital S, 
U-N, the mm-hmm. sun of righteousness mm-hmm. arises with healing in his wings, you know. So so no no surprise there that at the at at the fourth day, right, life shows up. Yeah. Um, Christ comes. God, God's showing us yeah. something. Here. He's yeah. It's a it's a picture book. He was very yeah. specific yeah. in the way that he ordered yeah. his creation because yeah. he does want us to see the value. Yeah. He's pointing. Yeah, this is why when John in the Gospel of John, John chapter one, says that um, in him was life, right, and the life is the light of men. Mm-hmm. You know that light is life. Uh, in John chapter four. He, again, is bringing life, right? Whoso drinketh the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Why? Well, because the light of the world has shown up. Uh, in John 14, 6, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. You know, So this, this light, this, this life that shows up, this light to men, this is our... This is the sun of righteousness yeah. arising. Okay, so that's the. But then, but before you move on, that lesser light has everything to do with us as well. Yeah, yeah. in that, in that we are we're the lesser light. Yeah, you yeah. know. And there's a beautiful picture even yeah. in that. Maybe you can explain that a little bit. Well, you were on a roll. <laughs> well, just like the the <laughs> yeah. moon is the light yeah. source at, at, at night, and yeah. And it's it's amazing that yeah. there's a host of of stars surrounding it, like the angelic yeah. host. Yeah. There's a, there's a connection. The, looks like it's in the background. It's in the background. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's watching over, you know, in some yeah. ways. Yeah. And uh, and then, and, but there we are, you know. But there's reflecting. no light. Yeah, there's no light on the moon. There's no light without the sun. It's got to have the sun. It's got to have the sun. Yeah. And so yeah. we are so, Christians. We're little Christ. We yeah. are reflecting. Yeah. His light. Yeah. That's the church age. Yeah. And that begins, so days four and five, uh, or I'm sorry, five and six, Mm -hmm. that would picture the church age. And what you have is life being called forth, life abounding, life multiplying. Walk us us through that fifth day and into the sixth. So in in the fifth day, you've got the waters bringing forth life. And waters in your Bible are a picture of the nations, many waters. Okay, mm-hmm. so so there's this life is to multiply again in terms of the millennial day picture. How does the Lord give the great commission to the church? Uh, we're to go into all nations, mm-hmm. and again, mm-hmm. you know, you'll see like in Revelation, Revelation 13, the Antichrist comes out of the nations, you yeah. know, he rises up out of these waters. Um, so the the waters in the Bible that's a picture a type of the nations uh, mm-hmm. in that context and and so life we're, we're to preach the gospel to every creature yeah. we're to go to the nations uh, in in um, day six um, this is a another I mean it's a, a big millennial day picture man mm-hmm. is created on the sixth day along with the cattle. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So there's the, you know, a cherub has a an ox face, a cow right. face, and there'll be a. I, mean, I think we're we're living in the biggest time of spiritual warfare. L- Satan, Lucifer himself, versus uh, the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but the sixth millennial day picture: man's created on the sixth day. Six is the number of a man. Uh, we know that from the book of Revelation. It just says it bluntly yeah, right and um and man is to labor 
for not one or two days a week or five to six days a week. He is to labor uh, six days of labor followed by a day of rest. Yeah. Which gets introduced, yeah. you know, later. Um, the next day. Yeah. I mean, that, that concept, <laughs> what do you mean? well, that concept gets uh, yeah. introduced to mankind as a, as a command. Yes. Right. Oh uh, yeah. It shows picture, up in the law. We see it. Yeah. yeah. We see yeah. it in God himself yeah. and yeah. what he chooses to do, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. yeah. But then later he literally commands man, like yeah. there needs to be a day of rest. There needs to be a, yeah, a Sabbath, six days right? shall thou labor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So six days of labor followed by a day of rest. Mm-hmm. In terms of the millennial day picture, what do we see is we see from Adam to our present day, six days of man's labor, six days of man doing the best he can right. and just failing steward after steward or his descendants failing mm-hmm. in their stewardship. Even in terms of the church age, right? Two two millennial days of the bride of Christ, the 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 church, with a commission from the Lord. Uh, what are we doing? Well, we're there's exceptions to it, but ultimately we're failing in that commission. Sure, and we um, addressed this in yeah. some of the episodes about dispensationalism. Yeah, yeah. is that is that this idea that um, that all the the stewardships of the dispensations, they come to a close. Yeah. They end with a, a form of judgment and the yes. stewards removed. And, and yeah. we see that clearly as, as something on the near horizon yeah. for our church age as well. Yeah. 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 So we're, I mean, look at your calendar, do the math. We're at the end of the yeah. sixth day Yeah, in terms of the millennial day, mm-hmm. um, the millennial day picture. So be not ignorant, right? A day is as a thousand years, a thousand years is as a day. And and uh, so what's coming next? Well, it's the day of the Lord. Right. We're on the cusp of the seventh millennial so, so day. So before we get into that, thank you so much for listening to the show. We're going to pause right here for just a second so we can hear from one of our students from the Living Faith Bible Institute. Hi, my name is Andy Cardona, and I gave my life to the Lord three years ago, and I didn't know how to follow the Lord. And I was, by the grace of God, plugged in at Midtown Baptist Temple and started doing discipleship. And, and for the first time, I learned how I can have a, a relationship with God and, and, and the importance of knowing His Word. And every time I would read it, I just wanted to know it more and more. Each class that I take is not something that I will never ever use. It's something that I, as soon as I, le- I leave the room or I leave the video chat, I'm able to actually put into practice. It's so much fun to learn the, the Word of God. Uh, and I'm so grateful that LFBI was able to provide that environment for me, that culture of of loving the Word of God and learning the Word of God, but doing and applying the Word of God so we are able to have an answer for the lost people. If that interests you at all, please visit lfbi.org and consider enrolling in classes. So to that point, let me let me just briefly read Genesis 2.2. And then I'll let you talk about the the millennial reign and and the day of rest. Uh, And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it, he had rest from all his work, which God created and made. Mm -hmm. And so God rests. That's different than the way we talk about the word rest, right? This is more of like, he's at peace, right? Yeah. It's not like he's tired. Yeah, he's done working. <laughs> he's done. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. enjoying he's enjoying the creation. Yeah. Yeah, cuz it's all good. He's not beat. Yeah. It's not like he's over there like huffing yeah. and puffing and yeah. no. wiping his brow. No. No. Anytime you can speak and the cosmos becomes that is a 
massive source of power. Yeah, you're not the type of individual that gets He didn't tired. break a sweat. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so tell us about the connection between the seventh day and the, and the millennial reign itself. Like, what is the correlation there? So obviously that, in terms of the millennial day principle, um, obviously that then pictures the millennial reign of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, the day of the Lord, which is described in our Bible as a day of rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Selah. Yeah, you know, in the Psalms, it's rest. And some of our listeners, yeah. we've done episodes where we've talked about the millennial reign, but okay. it might be an unfamiliar concept for some of our listeners. Yeah. Maybe explain what the millennial reign is supposed to be to us prophetically from God's word. Yeah. So, so the next, the next, um, in terms of prophecy, uh, nothing else has to happen. I mean, we're seeing a lot of prophecy fulfilled in this generation, um, but uh, the next item for in terms of the church for us will be the the rapture of the church Mm -hmm. that will then be followed by the unfolding of daniel's 70th week yeah Um, it's a it's a seven-year peace treaty that the antichrist forms between israel and her surrounding nations israel Mm -hmm. and the world the lost world and he breaks that covenant in the midst of that 70th week and then the great tribulation unfolds in the Mm -hmm. in that last final three and a half years of the time of tribulation. Well, while God's wrath is being poured out on earth, the raptured church is at the judgment seat of Christ. At the conclusion of the judgment seat of Christ, you'll see the marriage supper of the lamb and then a honeymoon. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, you know, Jude quotes Enoch, behold, mm-hmm. what's the Lord doing? Well, he's returning and he comes with 10,000s of his saints, yeah. you know, so so he's coming with his entourage. Yeah. To, to destroy the Antichrist. I mean, Satan, the Antichrist is now Satan in the flesh. And what's he doing? He is He's mobilizing his forces to wipe the Jewish nation, the Jewish people off the face of the map. Mm-hmm. And at the, in the nick of time, you know, this battle of Armageddon, um, who's coming from Basra with these blood-stained garments? Uh, oh, it's the wine press of oh, God's yeah. wrath, Christ mm-hmm. is literally stomping out the enemy. Uh, a sharp sword comes out of his mouth, and he is slaying. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a he is he's the not, captain of the host. Yeah, he's he is not a man playing. of war. He is the lion <laughs> roaring, yeah. the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so, so that this is where the antichrist, um, the false prophet, are cast into the lake of fire. Uh, God judges the nations, and then there's a thousand-year reign of Christ from Jerusalem, from a literal throne in literal physical Jerusalem in literal physical Israel. Christ rules and reigns for a thousand years. Yeah, peace. peace. Longer peace than has ever existed. And it's a force peace. He rules with a rod of iron. Nobody has to like it. Everyone must enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it will be true peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At the end of that millennial reign, Satan's loose. So that during the millennial reign, Satan is bound in a bottomless pit. Um, that's an interesting concept. It's a bottomless pit in a in a globe in a sphere, mm-hmm. um, and and there's some physics that will actually work that out for you. And and uh, but at the end of that thousand years, Satan's loose for a little season. He deceives the nations, and then there's a second Gog Magog coalition uprising right. against christ and um god just nukes the whole thing and then there's a new heaven and a new earth so mm-hmm. that's 
prophecy in a nutshell. Um, yeah. So, so with that, back to the idea of the of the day of rest, it's yeah. perpetual. So, in other words, yes. even though we recognize that there is a specific day devoted to a thousand years that's devoted to this time of rest, yeah. and even though there's an uprising at the end of it. Mm-hmm. It is a day without end. Right. Yeah. So it is perpetual. That's why in Genesis 2, it's the only day uh, where it says, and the morning and the, like, it, if you're going to follow the pattern, it should say, and the morning and the evening were the yeah. seventh day. Yeah, right. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that because the picture is, is it's a day without end, yeah. which is what the Bible, like Isaiah 9. It's, yeah, Isaiah 9. Um, the, the pattern has to break because... Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Verse 7 says, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's an uprising, but they don't even get their war on no. before God just it's wipes a pr- it out. <laughs> it's a pretty quick battle. Yeah. It's nothing. It's, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're coming against him, and, and just the whole thing gets reset. Mm-hmm. And so now we're right back to Genesis 1.1. And now we're the sons of God shouting for joy, seeing God make a yeah. new heaven and a new earth. Yeah, it reminds me, you said you said yeah. that the millennial reign is like a honeymoon. But at the yeah. end of your honeymoon, you always just want to go home. Yeah, you just... Like by the time yeah. you're, you're like yeah. seven or eight days into the honeymoon, you're like, let's, go let's just go home. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I think so that that's... Let's go start our life. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that picture works. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what Christ does with us. Now, I think it is important because we're talking about the seventh day and i think in terms of um false teaching yeah there's a lot of people who make a really big deal even today about this the the day of rest and sabbath and and they make a connection there and they even demand that believers are supposed to keep a sabbath and so why is that not actually biblically accurate or or necessary yeah so it's a it's a right principle for the believer, mm-hmm. right? God took a rest. Mm-hmm. So think about it this way. Man became a living soul on the sixth day. And he and we, by comparing scripture with scripture in, cha- in Genesis chapter one, we see he's given work. Yeah. And, um, you know, the first part is really great. Replenish the earth. But there's a garden to tend and to keep. He's got labor. Yeah. You know, um, heaven isn't just hanging out on clouds with harps. Right. There's there's going to be work to do. If 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 harps harps on clouds is heaven for eternity, you'll have like people trying to figure out how to commit suicide. I mean, <laughs> like that just sounds like it might be fun for a day, but uh, no, there's a work. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of the increase of his government there shall be no end. So he gets he gets a job, he gets a job description, right? Day 6 ends. Now what's the first so so it probably got filled in on everything that had happened that week. What's the first thing? God creates man. All of the work that has been done has been done by God himself. So now man enters into relationship with God. You look at the, the genealogy of Christ himself. He was the supposed son of, who was the son of, who was the son yeah. of, who was the son of Seth, who was the son of Adam, who was Luke 3.38 who was the son of God. Adam mm-hmm. is is become, Genesis 2-7, a son of God. Yeah. Christ did all the work. So now what does Adam enter into? Well, it's the seventh day. 
it's rest. Mm -hmm. So God does the work. We are to, like Hebrew says, to enter. If there's a labor, here's, here it is. We labor to enter into that rest. Yeah. It's the finished work of Christ. That's where we live the yoke as is Christians. The, yeah, burden the burden is light. Is light. So yeah. there is a husbandry. There's a rest for it, for God's people. Mm -hmm. So so God, we we live and move and have our being in the in the person of Christ and the finished work of Christ. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 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 that's it. that's it in terms of the big picture. But then principally, um, God worked six days and He rested. So the same should, like, that's a great principle. You see that before the law. I mean, it's codified into the, into the Ten Commandments. There's mm -hmm. six days of labor followed by a day of rest. Why? Well, because you need it, mm -hmm. right? We need to rest. They've done studies on machinery. Machinery that gets a day of rest lasts longer than machinery that runs 24-7 nonstop. Right. And it's like, the only difference was, is we just turned it off for 24 hours. Why would it get more hours over the long term? Because you turned it off for like, there's a principle there that right. can't. And agriculturally as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You see that. Yeah. Every seven years, the, the, there's a, there's a rest. Mm -hmm. So there is an aspect where, because it's codified in the law, um, you've got Christians today that are trying to take the law of Moses and make it mandatory for a right relationship with the person of Christ living dispensationally in the age of grace. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's messed up from the ground up. Yeah. Paul told the church at Galatia, who bewitched you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the law was a schoolmaster, and what you were supposed to find out is that you could never satisfy God through the keeping of the law. Mm -hmm. There's only one that can keep the law, and that's the person. God works, we rest. That's the picture. Mm -hmm. And so for the person that says, yeah, you get saved by grace through faith, but you have to keep the law, you have to keep the feast, or you have to keep the Sabbath, uh, just read Colossians 2 to them, mm -hmm. right? No, it, actually, in your Bible, okay, you will never see a Gentile commanded to keep the Sabbath. You're not going to find mm -hmm. that anywhere. Yeah, that's a good point. No Gentile was ever commanded to keep the Sabbath. But Colossians 2.16 to the church says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. And you see this. More and more people are, are, are like you'll see, especially in charismatic circles, they'll become more and more uh, like messianic churches. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're keeping Passover. Yeah, it's a mingling of the law and yeah, the age yeah, of grace. Yeah, they're keeping the feast. They're yeah. they're 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 keeping the Sabbath, and 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 they won't come out and explicitly say it that we have to do this in order to keep our salvation. Uh, but they live like that. Mm -hmm. If we're going to be right with God, we have to do all of this. Right. Well, I I don't know how Colossians two sixteen could be any more clear. Mm -hmm. um, don't let anyone judge you in terms of what you eat or drink, in terms of the keeping or not keeping of holy days, or of a new moon, or the new moon, or of the Sabbath days. Right. Um, no, it is finished. Right. The law is fulfilled. Uh, it's just as if we were perfect in all of the law because we're in Christ. Yeah, that's good. Man, praise the Lord. Rest. So we, we we uncovered a lot. I mean, we we talked about the, these these parallels between the days of creation mm -hmm. and the millennia the of men, um, the history of mankind. Uh, super fascinating. Uh, 
great insight on, on why we don't need to keep the Sabbath. But as we close out, can you make a pitch for why? I mean, that's just a couple of topics that we addressed. In the Genesis class, I mean, goodness, you've got an hour and a half lecture every week. Yeah. Uh, why does someone need to take or should take a Genesis class? What's what's would be the significance or the value to them for that? Yeah. So you're not going to actually have the right perspective on the rest of your Bible if you don't have the foundation to the Bible straight mm -hmm. in your head, right? So, you, you know, we're going to basically look at Genesis in terms of two sections. Um, you've got the, the beginnings section. Um, so we'll go all the way up to the calling out of Abraham. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the patriarch section, right. um, where we can see the beginning of Israel as a nation. Um, so that that'll set the foundation. Really, you know, in terms of LFBI, you don't just need Genesis. You need the whole everything that we're calling essentials, um, mm -hmm. which is basically thirty-ish credit hours of curriculum, and that's going to basically um, the, those essentials courses get you through your Bible cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, you're going to know your Bible correctly yeah. doctrinally right you know, in terms of how to apply it in the dispensation of grace you're going to be straight cover to cover and you're going to mm -hmm. know how to use it in ministry uh, we cover uh, some foundational books like genesis and romans but we also cover some difficult books mm -hmm. like acts and hebrews uh, where a lot of false doctrine ends up being propagated um, so it, it it really you I, this is what i tell people at mbt um, absolutely. The Genesis class is critical uh, to understanding the rest of your Bible. Um, but you really need, everybody ought to go through essentials at least. Yeah. 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 And that covers like, you know, yeah. some really important foundational doctrinal books and, yeah. and books that are sometimes complicated or difficult to study. And yeah. so Genesis is an un, is an unlocking key yeah, it, uh, in terms of understanding the whole of Scripture. Yeah. And uh, and it sets us into course in terms of our understanding of how yeah. God is moving yeah. over time. You'll understand why spiritual warfare is the way that it is from a study of Genesis. You're going to see God's special relationship to the person of Israel versus the other nations. Mm -hmm. um, um, so in other words, Genesis is going to tie you into the... Uh, to to the Great Commission, um, right. you know, in terms of reaching the nations for Christ, um, but um, you'll you'll see Satan's agenda in terms of attacking the seed of the woman. Mm -hmm. uh, you, that once you see that, you can't unsee it, right? And you'll see it in all of the rest of your Bible. Yeah, and then yeah. And then hopefully you'll see it in your life as well. Yeah, yeah. you'll see it in your life as well. Um, there is, you know. The, the parable of the sower and the seed. And then the Bible explicitly says the seed is the word of God. Mm -hmm. And in terms of, in terms of Satan going after Christ, uh, all he could do was bruise his heel and the word is not bound, right? The, the word of God that framed creation uh, speaks to the lives of, of lost men and women mm -hmm. and sees them transformed and then it grows them it matures them it conforms them to the image of christ so so what does satan have left he's attacking the seed yeah that's why you've got a preponderance i mean just an ever increasing multitude of translations that are that that are based on corrupted seed yeah yeah man the attack never ends
It, it, it doesn't. Uh, and, the, and what we are responsible for is praying, teaching, yeah. discipling, yeah. diligence, fighting a good fight. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and, and the Genesis book does really, you know, st- studying that in LFBI really does help us uh, yeah. see that. And so we're thankful for it. We're thankful yeah. for you, Sam. Yeah. Praise thanks, the Lord. Thanks thank for coming yeah. and hanging out with us. And uh, we want to also thank you for joining us for another episode of the postscript. Um, we do want you to sign up for the Genesis class. We're not going to, you know, hide that. We, w- we want you to come and participate and learn more with us uh, about this book and about your Bible. Uh, we do live, as Sam said in today's in today's uh, conversation, we do live in the, in the last of the last days. We're coming up against the return of Jesus Christ. And we have, only have so much time to serve the Lord and labor for him. And, and if we're going to do that well, and if we're going to have a good judgment seat, then that means that we need to take our Bible seriously. And so we want to invite you to do that and uh, to enroll and to apply for LFBI. You can visit lfbi.org, learn more about who we are and, and some of the courses that we offer, our program of study. If you got questions, you can always reach out to us as well. But uh, if today's episode was a blessing to you, please share it. Please uh, invite your friends to, to check out the show. But we love you. And as always, we hope that today's episode was strengthening to you and and built up your faith. And uh, we hope to see you again next week. God bless.